0: welcome back beautiful people today is part two of the ceo of your life conversation welcome back to the core i am the millennial coach and i'm extremely grateful that you're taking the time to come back and spend it with me how has your last week been? Have you done analysis on where you are in your life? Do you need to be more vulnerable? Do you need to acknowledge where shame is in your life or even more be accountable? So part two bring you the conclusion to part one clearly and of course looking at the CEO of your life is now upon us. Let's get into it but before I do if you've not already please follow me on Twitter, Instagram or at Facebook on D.A. Dirt Millennial Coach for positive vibes and if you really want to party with me remember you can join me on itch.fm every Thursday from 8pm London time for a live show with music so if you haven't heard of itch.fm they are the longest dedicated hip hop radio station in London town and it allows me to explore my love for music while giving you useful insights into core subjects as a transformational coach so let's get into it and begin part 2 the CEO of your life. Welcome back to the call with me the millennial coach. So guys, I hope that you're enjoying the show and thanks big up to bigger man. Um thanks for the love on Instagram. I hope you are enjoying the show. So where are we? We were talking about vulnerability, shame. So Being the CEO of your life isn't what you thought I think you were going to hear. Everyone's thinking, right, I need to hustle, I need to do... I think (laughs) I'm exhausted by that whole work till you can't, you know, you can't work no more. You know, you've got to hustle, hustle, hustle. It's just, it's exhausting. And I think a lot of people have taken um, that way of living where they've stopped... They've stopped actually taking care of their self from the inside out. And we're more concerned about ourselves from the outside in. And so that also then brings into our life, what, when we're talking about being a CEO, the leader in our own lives, making, um, putting goals in place, um, meeting those goals, you shouldn't be doing it to meet other people's expectations. The expectations of others will always disappoint. But the expectation of yourself should be your your fuel. You using or being better and challenging yourself. If you were in the gym yesterday and you did weighted squats on the Smith machine, if you know, if you're someone who likes to do weights like I do, you know what machine I'm referring to. So I think a lot of the women are probably thinking, oh my God, no, I'm usually on the bike. But there's a lot more women in the weights area, so I've got to really give a shout out to the women. If you're doing something to enhance yourself from the inside out, it's called intrinsic motivation. Intrinsic motivation is something I used to, I remember I was writing my thesis for my MBA and I I would argue about what intrinsic motivations mean. And anyone that wakes up in the morning and goes to work has an intrinsic motivation. Whether or not it means that you've got money at the end of the month just to buy food, that is a motivation because you don't want to go without. Intrinsic motivation refers to behavior that is driven by internal rewards. In other words, the motivation to engage in a behavior arises from within the individual because it's naturally satisfying to you. So this is been this has been written by someone called Kendra Cherry. And and this has actually been what she's written has been approved by the wellness board by a wellness board expert, Amy Moran of Verywellmind.com. She goes on to highlight that the contrast of intrinsic motivation to extrinsic motivation, which is when you engage in behavior in order to earn external rewards or avoid punishment. So, you know, when a kid behaves because, and I, f- I don't think this is a good way to manage kids all the time, because I think if you if you do it all the time, you set yourself up for failure so you've got to think think to yourself how can you teach your children or even teach yourself because at the end you know at the end of the day when we've got children they're going to grow into adults let's not forget that they're not going to stay kids forever but we forget That we have to teach them now How to appreciate and understand Intrinsic motivations Obviously you're not going to say to them Is that an intrinsic motivation Tom No you're not going to say that But it's really important for you to Think about um, How you are going to Educate Yourself and your children On what an intrinsic motivation is And what an extrinsic motivation is Because Because it will allow them to actually make different choices when they're approaching certain subject areas. Yeah. So when you pursue an activity for the pure enjoyment of it, which personally, anyone that knows me knows the gym is my happy place. So since my wrist, I haven't been in the gym for almost two weeks and I am itching to go, literally HFM, itching to go. So when you pursue an activity for the pure enjoyment of it, you are doing so because you are intrinsic, intrinsically motivated. Your motivations for engaging in the behaviour arise entirely from within rather than out of a desire to gain some type of external reward such as prizes, money or acclaim. So I think as well, when we, again, I'm going to use social media as an example, when you see a lot of these Instagram girls and, you know, all rappers with all these girls and then one thing I find quite um, disturbing, I'm going to use the term, is that you will find one female, she would have children with multiple famous men. And I think a lot of people feel, women feel that extrinsically, that's a motivation for them. Because if it was an intrinsic motivation, I do strongly believe the relationships would have last, lasted a lot of people are looking outside of themselves for happiness. So when someone behaves as if they are the CEO of their life, honestly, I'm d- I just don't buy it. I don't buy it. A person's intrinsic mot- um, in- enjoyment of an activity provides sufficient justification for their behavior. With the addition of extrinsic reinforcement, the person may perceive the task as over and then attempt to understand their true motivation, for engaging in the activity. So you're extrinsic versus the intrinsic. So it's like going to the gym. I love going to the gym. I like doing weights. Um, And my, I would say inspiration has always been body-wise Serena Williams. Whether people like her body or not, not interested, I think she looks amazing, but she does that for a living. So like, you know, and people look like Beyonce, If I was paid to sing and play sports all day, I would look like both of them combined into one. Okay, I just have to get a blonde wig. (laughs) Um, So you got to think to yourself, when I go to the gym, I'm not doing it. I'm not coming and I don't go to the gym like a lot of people wearing, you know, with my chest hanging out and everything on display. The reason is I'm not there to entertain men. I'm there to actually work out and to train my body and to condition my body. And so, extrinsic motivations, when you go to the gym tomorrow, guys, just look at how people behave when they're in the gym and who they're looking at to look at them. Because sometimes the, the gym isn't for intrinsic motivation, it's for extrinsic motivation. And people go because this is the only place that they feel there's value in themselves, And this is again where shame and vulnerability come in, because. You don't dress like that going to work or you don't um, show off or or overdo it. You know, sometimes when men make you guys, I'm sorry to say, but you can be super annoying. If the weight's too heavy, just don't lift it up, please. The whole it's just too much, please. Just don't do it. You're doing all of us a favor because we don't want to hear, you sound constipated. So when I see people when they're in the gym, you know sometimes you can see the ones that are really going to really push and work out because and the thing is you want to see the 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 um, results that you're working towards you know you want to see that your arm your arm is growing and expanded in muscle mass you want to see that you know your waist is getting smaller and your thighs are getting bigger or whatever it is that you are doing. you're doing leg press you're doing weighted squats you know and When you look at bodybuilders that are doing it professionally, they're not... And one thing I like about bodybuilders, they're not interested... I love real bodybuilders. They're not interested in which girl's in the gym. (laughs) They're interested in building their body in a way that, in their mind, is exceptional. But that's an intrinsic motivation, you know. And so I think we need to always establish what is important. So one of the things that i find is people are not accountable or take responsibility for their life and at the top of the show i spoke about a young man who said to me he's 26 he said that he um can't wait to be an adult and i you know when i ask he he said that he will be an adult in his 30s or that's when you become an adult i don't know what to say to that because well i do know what to say to it from a professional standpoint but i think You know, if I wasn't coaching, I would look at him and feel as if he has had no guidance in his life on how to be a man. So anyone that's got children and you are not with your partner, please, please, please make the effort. Because if your child grows up to have a victim mentality. They will constantly. Make somebody else responsible For what's happened to them in their lives And what people tend to do Is stay in their stories How are you? Oh Well I've had you know Lots of things have been going on It's not been really good You know I'm just sick and tired of talking about it But they're saying sick and tired of talking about it But if you're sick and tired of talking about it Would you still speak about it? So being a victim Or having a victim mentality does not allow you to lead or be a leader in your own life. You cannot make change by complaining and shaming yourself. One of the things uh, a coach, executive coach, Russell, Russell Bishop, I don't know what's wrong with my words today, Russell Bishop um, stated, and he had written a piece for the Huffington Post. He has something called create, a CPA approach, which is create, promote, or allow. So what one thing he, he he does well is assist people in how they tell their story. So those of you that are trying to win victim of the year, I would recommend that we start going backwards to just move away from that type of award. One thing Russell encourages people is to tell their story and to be as dramatic or colorful as they need to be. And it's important for that individual who is talking about their story, um, providing an understanding when you're talking about the creation of a problem one of the things people fail to realise is they are the common denominator you know people say you know I don't earn enough so you know I can't go on a holiday or you know a lot of our lives the choices we've made the only person we should be blaming is ourselves but what we tend to do is blame the government blame the health service We tend to blame family members, but we never sit and say, you know what? I kind of made a little mistake earlier and I take full responsibility and accountability for what I've done and I'm ready to make the change. But when would the change, when would you actually get to that place of readiness? So it's important to actually understand what it is that you're trying to do if we go back to where we were we were just talking about an approach when you're living in the victim mentality um, looking at how an executive coach which is Russell Bishop discusses his CPA approach so he allows you to talk about your problem um, and to promote what you did to um, provoke the event but he also allows you to say something that you see and simply did not get out of the way but then he gives you a a notion to then go back to talking about your situation and when you're revisiting it you need to consider how you created not create promote allow but created promoted and allowed because when you're when just listening looking at this and reading about the CPA approach is very passive but when you start taking accountability and look at what you have created have promoted and have allowed it then allows you to be accountable and responsible for your actions and that's when you can see where you've actually added I would say injury to yourself victims why do we continue to feel like victims in certain situations and with certain people there is something actually um, from a standpoint of coaching called a victim loop so it goes obviously you have a choice so you have accountability loop and a victim loop and the victim loop this is the things that we tend to do you ignore you deny you blame you rationalize you resist and then you hide and that's when the situation occurs so from that intention if you do want to take accountability you recognize what you've how you've participated in a certain situation you then own the situation and one thing When I used to, and I have to say, see, I will speak truth. I used to watch the Kardashians when they first came out. And what I liked about Kris Jenner, when her kids made a mistake, she told them, own it. And that in itself, as a parent, gives people, gives your children freedom to take control of what they've done in their life. And I think if we take that level of responsibility as parents, I think you will see a difference to how your kids become the CEO of their own lives. And you are the catalyst for that, but you have to be the example. So can others make us feel um, like a victim? Or is it something about us that generates our internal victim experience? Being a victim is part of a power over belief structure that says someone has the power and someone doesn't. You may be the victimizer or the victim and and many of us play both roles in different relationships. So this is really, really important because I speak about this all the time when I'm out with people and I even said it about, um, I spoke about it today. The same mentality and mindset that people have when, Um, You know, if someone disrespected you on the train You know, you're gonna You know, you might get confrontational But if someone's rude to you at work You don't say anything Because you believe Your belief system is very powerful What you believe What you think over and over again Habitually becomes a belief So if you think somebody Because of their position Has more power than you Then you've created a belief That may not be true. Remember, you are responsible for the power you put out then so is every individual. But you have the right to reject the power someone enforces on you from themselves. And that's where you have power struggles with people. Some people don't want to accept that they they need to be instructed and so on. And they have an issue where this you know this is a, a conversation for a whole nother show, but knowing that you play the victim in the workplace, but you want to, um, be aggressive on the train demonstrates to me that you haven't, you're not clear on who you are because a circumstance, um, should allow you to be responsive, not reactive. If you know who you are, so one reason we stay stuck in the victimhood um, loop is based on early experiences not being able to get our own needs met. As children, we felt probably vulnerable, and we had very few choices because obviously parents are, try- you know, Im- you know, the idea of a parent is to protect and love and nurture a child. Some experiences, unfortunately, um, are not so. But what happens is we combine the negative experiences that we experienced as a child in our early years, and then we combine that with what is happening in our adult life. But we haven't forgiven ourselves, had compassion for ourselves, or even compassion for the situation when we were kids. Because when you're a child, you can't defend yourself, you can't, you know, to a degree. So we feel kind of out of control to get what we need. The first thing you need to do is realize that you always have a choice and we're going to go on to choices. Choices are something that victims who complain often don't acknowledge that they have. It's not that they don't have the choice, it's that they've made a choice not to make a choice. Does that make sense? so when a situation occurs that doesn't feel good the first step you need to take is to recognize how it is for you what are you feeling thinking and experiencing at that particular time okay so if someone upsets you acknowledge how you're feeling own how you are thinking and feeling because when we don't express ourselves and we live in shame when you have a feeling where you want to rebel and it's suppressed anger, it's as if you are, it's not even as if you are harming yourself because what doesn't come out manifests within. So even if you're having an experience and you're feeling something, my advice to many people is to document how you're feeling find the person who also had some involvement in that situation if you can and have a conversation and that is where fear comes into it because once you have the conversation and it is going to be scary when you confront people that upset you it is very scary but i would say to you if you are going to be scared it's natural, but you have to get over the fear hurdle. Because once you speak your truth, you're, that allows you to stimulate some emotional release and movement within. So it's like, you know, when you, you're in a relationship and it's re, you know, whether it's work relationship, friend relationship, re, you know, boyfriend, romantic relationship, when you leave the toxicity behind, don't you feel free? Like someone's just lifted a weight off your shoulders? And you don't have to deal with the drama anymore. Imagine if all the shame in your life you haven't released. How that makes you feel weighted. So when you're going to the gym to pump weights. It's actually extra weight on top of emotional weight. And that is not going to solve your problem. People think digressing from a problem. And actually... Um, ignoring it is is going to go away what happens when we don't deal with emotions it comes out in different forms at different points in our life that it becomes even to a point that's super destructive once you recognize and own our experience and we also start telling a new story that if you realize you're grateful for that experience because somebody was being bullied at work and and, and I was informed about it and I said, you know what the most beautiful experience of this bullying is? We've become friends. That for me was what built our relationship is because that, ex- that, that experience brought us closer. But there isn't any dependency on each other. That is the beauty of it. The person is taking advice, run with it. And I don't need to be under their skin 24-7 to be best friends so what people need to also understand in being the ceo of your own life is you can be friends with people without any expectation so once we've recognized and owned our experience the next step is to forgive ourselves for ending up there in that particular place that didn't feel good and when you take control you see when you see people like tony robbins and you know um who can i say Even 50 Cent, Rick Ross, whoever you want to refer to, they are the CEO of their life. And they're the CEO of their life because they are acknowledging areas where they've made mistakes and they've made self-improvements. But they've made self-improvements and they've not made anyone else now accountable for how they feel but themselves. So when you have a new awareness after your forgiveness session, It allows you to have your self-auditing, you know, I would always say self-auditing because that allows you to make new choices when you deal with people. So I would definitely say the reason I started with Oprah because she's brought teachers into my life I don't think I would have been aware of if Oprah didn't exist even though we'll have the internet who would have brought brought Brene Brown into my existence who would have brought Caroline Mace into my existence Caroline Mace is a woman who studies people and studies why people don't heal she's been doing this work for three and a half decades she had she has an amazing tech talk on choices and we're going to talk about choices as we come to a close we've only got 15 minutes left guys so choices choices are things that people don't take seriously I don't think and it's a choice to you make a choice of what you're going to eat for lunch you make a choice as to who you're going to interact with in your life and I think it's very important that when you're making choices you don't realise that there is a fundamental power of the human experience when a choice is being made one thing caroline may say choice needs to be an authority slash power in our lives because when you make a choice it's so huge it allows a choice allows you to make decisions for the trajectory of your life One thing she goes on to highlight is she believes that the power of choice should be made into a curriculum in schools. And I agree. Because people struggle to even, you know, when you're out and you're like, oh, what do you fancy eating? Oh, I don't mind. That's it. That's not, you know, you don't even know how to make a choice. We're grown. We should have that ability. People are very unaware of what a little choice is and what a big choice is and what Caroline means from my teachings that I've experienced with her work is getting married buying a house is a little choice but you know when you're having a conversation you might just say the wrong thing to the wrong person And that choice will destroy many things that you've tried to build up. And that is a massive choice. That's why when I tell people to be responsive rather than reactive, you can make better choices. When you make choices in the privacy of your own company, they literally are the most powerful choices that impact your biology, your sense of self, your DNA, your life map and most importantly guys your health one thing caroline says in her ted talk she says what she she says something that's really really key i'm going to see if i can find your mind gets the day shift and your heart gets the night shift we stop allowing our natural mechanisms to talk to each other we stop allowing that because we know, I think, and I agree with her, we are born knowing that choice is powerful. But I don't, I don't understand the reason we don't make choices. Well, I do, a lot of it is down to fear, but also down to shame and vulnerability. See, it's, it's all a full circle. People are terrified of making a choice because choices have consequences. And people do, actually they don't want to be held accountable. So if that's you, if you're listening to this and that's you, I really think that you need to think about what choices you've made to date. And if you've made choices that have been super safe, it's important for you to realise that choices are imperative to our life cycle. Having living and having an integral life or living in integrity. Walk the walk and talk the talk. It's, it's not a problem that you speak your truth, but if you're going to be the CEO of your own life, like Rick Ross. You need to live your truth, because when you stop living your truth and speaking your truth, you betray yourself. You compromise your spirit, and if you do not live an integrous life, as Alice uh, Caroline may says. The only person you betray is yourself. You cannot force another person to be in a circumstance that you know is uncomfortable in order to please yourself. You should never hold another person captive as this holds no integrity. She says this and I love when she, she says this it's, you need to really find the TED t- talk on Caroline Mace, M-Y-S-S, Liars Don't Heal. She goes on to say, you can eat all the wheatgrass you want, but honest people who eat cat food will go further than you. That's a big deal. Dishonest people are living in a moral crisis because they don't tend to take responsibility or accountability. But the moral crisis is what? Shame and vulnerability. So looking at the work of Brene Brown and Caroline Mace, the connectivity is phenomenal because they are tapping into different areas, but I'm trying to give you the full circle using their work. So you've got to be conscious if you really have the desire to um, live an integrous life, make a decision. Make a decision not to pass on your suffering, but pass on your wisdom, as Caroline says. When you talk to people, one thing I always say to people, if I leave you better than I found you, I feel like my work is done. Not entirely, but just for that moment. The thing is, life happens, we have grief and pain, and that's normal, guys, that is absolutely normal. But if you're trying to figure out why is my life like this, would as Caroline says, would it make a difference? When some f- something bad happens in your life, guys, you should affirm it will never defeat me. Remember, when you have a conversation, are you coming from wisdom or woe? And that's like sadness if you don't know what woe means. And I'm not being patronising, by the way. Everyone has a choice, we all have choices. Don't take the safe path. Take risks in your life, don't wait for proof. And that's one thing entrepreneurs, people that are CEOs in real life and CEOs of their life. Anybody that you know who is living their best life, and I mean that truly, I'm not talking about the Instagram and Twitter nonsense, I'm talking for real, for real. If you're waiting for proof, you might be waiting a long time. So that will prevent you from actually making a choice. You know what people do when they're dying? They always, always say, I regret X, Y and Z. Don't be that person, guys. Don't be that person. If you were to think about... This is something that sh- that was raised in this talk. I think this is really powerful. If you were to think about your greatest fears, have they actually really happened? And if you were to calculate and write down all the wonderful things that happened in your life, did you have anything to do with them? So taking the safe path is not recommended. I'm quite... Um, a bit of a risk taken, I know it hasn't always worked out but I still did it and just went to see what would happen at the end and guys you know what if it doesn't work out you can always choose something else so I always would recommend to people not to not to feel concerned about what people think the reason being you don't you don't owe anybody anything and if you don't owe anybody anything Why are you concerned about why you're doing what you're doing? You're not there to please anyone. You've got to remember that. Don't look backwards to chart anew. And I have to agree with that. If you're trying to do something new in your life, what is the past going to teach you? What not to do so you shouldn't do it? Don't get to a point where your life is almost over and now you're having these conversations. Choose, choose your thoughts, choose your words, and ensure that whatever it is that you're trying to achieve in your life, you can always make better decisions. So, I really, really wanna leave you guys with something that I really respect. And it's a prayer by Caroline Mace. And don't worry, you don't have to sit down and close your eyes and, you know, get all meditative. You can keep your eyes open. It's not a big deal. But if you wake up every day, as she says, and you choose to wake up every day. You need to remember that. The day itself is blessed because you are alive and just because you are. So her prayer goes, this day in my life will never come again. I will never see the people I am looking at again. I will never see the sunrise again or never see the sunset. I will never see the person that I'm having breakfast with again, just this way nothing in my life like this will ever come again. Caroline Mace. That's all we've got time for today, but don't despair. I'll be back next week. But thank you for listening to me, The Millennial Coach, and I hope you enjoyed today's show around the CEO of your life on the call. As I usually do, I will be leaving you with three things to think about. So tip number one, acknowledge your shortcomings and recognize them as gifts that you can work on and explore. Your shortcomings, when you acknowledge them, you can strengthen yourself. And sometimes you realize that there's things that you've been focusing on that you no longer need to give your attention to. So think about that. Tip number two, know that growth is an uncomfortable experience. It may hurt a little, but in some cases it may hurt a lot. But keep going because consistency breeds change. Tip number three, even when you make a mistake, be kind and forgive the mistake and yourself. Always remember tomorrow is another day to be better and bolder. So being kind to yourself means... Not beating yourself up about, oh, you know, I didn't do X or I didn't do Y. It's okay. Remember, you've only got one life. Don't waste it being upset. So I'm going to leave you now, but I'll be back next week with another topic. But don't forget, you can reach me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. But don't forget to hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're choosing to use. And you can find me at DA, the millennial coach across social media. Also, if you really enjoyed, the topic, please leave some comments. It'll be great to hear what you have to say. So have a fantastic week. I've thoroughly enjoyed being a service to you all today. Thank you for listening to the call with me, the Millennial Coach. Much love.